Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Music Business Podcast, presented by HypeBot.com. I'm your host, Courtney Harding, and today we're joined by Per Emanuelson, who is the co-founder and CEO of Soundtrap. Per, it's great to have you here, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you very um, much. First of all, great. So thank you for coming, and if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and also Soundtrap. Thanks. Uh, yes, uh, I'm from Sweden, and maybe that's because you, you, you will hear that on my accent, maybe. Uh, so we're based in Stockholm. Uh, I have a background in both music and technology. So I used to play the guitar as uh, I was a kid, and then I've also been a programmer, basically, since I was a kid. Uh, and uh, that's the same for uh, my co-founder, Björn, as well. Uh, and Fredrik, the other co-founder, has also been in the music business for a very long time. So Soundtrap is about making music online together from any device. So basically you can start a recording on your iPad on the bus and you can continue when you go home on your computer on the same recording, <coughs> use the software instruments of course. You can invite a friend who's using a, a Chromebook and another friend in New York using a, a Windows machine and then you find a new kind of vocalist in Cape Town uh, and you all work in the same product at the same time. Uh, from multiple devices. So that's what Soundtrap is about. Uh, and, yeah. And how did you come up with the idea for, uh, for Soundtrap? Uh, as I said, we're musicians ourselves, and we think that there are three main problems in, in music making today. Uh, the first problem is that it's way too complex. So if you open up a music recording studio tool that's been out there for ages, of course, uh, they're built for professional producers and for professional kind of student technicians. They're not built directly for the musician, uh, which means that many the audience for those tools are not directly the same type of audience that actually would like to record the software. So that's the first uh, problem, that is way too complex. Uh, the second thing is that they're usually tied to one and the same computer. So usually there are old-fashioned software that you download on a computer, which means that you're stuck to that computer. You have a lot of maybe third-party plugins and a lot of, of different types of other software you need, uh, which means that if you would like to be creative on the bus or when you're at a friend's place or a parent's place and so on, then you, you cannot be that. And, and thirdly, it's, it's hard to find time and it's hard to find people to play with. Uh, so maybe you're very good at playing hard rock guitar solos, but you're living in the woods of Stockholm or Sweden somewhere, and you don't have any double pedal drummers nearby. But maybe there are like 20 of them in LA, they would just love to play with you. Uh, so that's the reasons why we, well, we, we saw this, and we, as I said, we're musicians ourselves. Uh, so that's why we wanted to build Soundtrap. So Soundtrap is easy, easy to use. We're focusing on easiness. It's uh, multi-device, works across all platforms, and it's in the cloud, and it's collaborative. So describe to me a little bit of a typical user experience. So let's say, just for, for sake of example, I'm a guitarist. I yeah. have a track that I've been working on. I just want to sort of you know throw it up there and see what happens. So do I put it up there and other people can find it and add to it? Or do I do stuff in real time with people? How does it, how does the yeah. process work? Uh, so of course you can use it as a single user as well. Uh, so it's basically a complete music making studio directly in the browser. So you can start, if, if you're a guitarist, for example, you can plug in your guitar uh, and you can add effects. We have amplifiers and effects and everything and record that directly into the studio. Uh, then if you say, let's say that you're not that 
good at playing the bass or, or you need a pianist, then you can search for a pianist and you could uh, invite them to your project. So it's, it's a little bit like Google Docs, but for kind of music making. Uh, then once you're in the project, you're working in the same project and you see each other changes and you hear each other changes. And then you have a video chat capability built in directly to the tool. So you're not just that you are hearing what the other person is playing, you can actually see and interact with them. So we're creating this kind of virtual studio environment where you're uh, kind of extending the studio room to uh, the whole world, basically. Right. And then how does it work? And this is getting into more sort of technical aspect of things. How does it work in terms of ownership of the music? So, you know, let's say, for example, I, again, just going back to the sort of hypothetical, I'm a guitar player. I find a, you know, vocalist in LA. I'm in New York. I find a great drummer that's in Stockholm. We find a killer bassist that's in like the Philippines. We write a great song together. Yeah. Like, what are our next steps? Is it something where we could theoretically shop it to a label? How does how does it sort of work exactly. from there? Uh, so you could publish the work from Soundtrippers, of course, as well. You could you could put it out on social media. You can upload it to Facebook and whatever. We are not focusing on the distribution side of the music making. We're, we're focusing on making the music, and then you can distribute it to multiple different platforms. We we have integrations with. Uh, other solutions making it possible to get it out on Spotify and Google Play and so on immediately, but we're not directly focusing on that part. Uh, as, and, and also, the the first part of the question was about music rights. That's also uh, we haven't kind of touched into that area. There are other companies that are doing that, uh, but which we are talking about with as well. Uh, but right now, it's 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 like it used to be. Like you need to decide who owns what and how much and so on. So, so we're not kind of, uh, we're not into that use case at the moment. Um, with your current user base, do you see a lot of people sort of taking the tracks that they've built and maybe trying to go further with them in terms of you know, yeah. proper distribution? Or is it more sort of a, you know, a fun thing where it's like, hey, I just want to jam with some new people. Maybe we'll write a cool song. Maybe we won't. But it's just a fun sort of way it's to make myself a better actually. musician. Yeah, it's okay. both of it actually. So on the consumer side, and as I said in the beginning, I'm here actually in Florida right now on the Future of Ed- Education Technology Conference. We could talk a little bit more about that. But it's used a lot in school soundtrack. But uh, there are different use cases here. Uh, so as I said, since we are lowering the, the kind of entrance barrier uh, for people to getting in to actually record their own stuff, of course, there's a lot of amateur musicians out there that love this, and they might not have the gold to making kind of music public in that way. They just want to have fun, maybe. Uh, so there's a lot of, of music making going on uh, for single users and also collaborations where they just make music for their own private sake. Uh, maybe re- like showing it for, for friends and parents and so on, of course. But then there are also uh, a lot of professional music, uh, mu- uh, a, lot, a lot of professional uh, musicians that are using Soundtrap uh, as a kind of a sketch pad uh, to, to kind of create songs that they might then go into another type of, of, of professional studio to, to, to do the, the kind of the final recording with. So they're using it a lot for sketch padding. Uh, so we, we have both use cases, I would say, both kind of professional users using it for that and also more amateur musicians just having a little bit more fun. Um, uh, yeah. So where are your users typically based? Are they mostly in Europe? Are they in the States? Are they in 
in other territories? Um, you know, do you see, do you sort of have a, a market in places where it's maybe harder to find other people to play music with? Right now, it's, uh, we have grown, and we are growing very fast. So we've grown from 20,000 users to 300,000 users now in, in less than 12 months. Uh, and we are mainly in the U.S. So it's about like 50% of the consumer market is in the U.S. and almost like 80% of the education market in the U.S. Interesting. And if you talk to your, your users in the U.S., you know, do they express to you that it's hard for them to find people to play music with? Or is this more just sort of a, a way that's like easy to go online and kind of do it whenever as opposed to, you know, playing music with your friends where you have to schedule a time? Mm, I would say it's both. Uh, it's definitely the easiness that people are talking a lot about and, and kind of the, the top three quotes that we get from users when we ask them and we ask them a lot in different type of small questions in the tool is that it's awesome it's amazing and I love it and I never find an easier way to make music. So I think the easy, the kind of the easiness is, is really appealing to our user base. Uh, but also many of them express that now for the first time they have found new people to play with which they have never ever uh, have, have had a, uh, would have found uh, otherwise. And we have had some really good collaborations with people uh, that have not known each other before entering Soundtrap made great music actually which is really fun to listen to from our, our point of view as well. Well, cool. are there certain collaborations that you've maybe heard that you really like? Like, are yeah, there certain? Yeah, yeah so tell me about some of these. Uh, there was a, a, a guy in the US, um, let me see if I find it here, uh, that started to record something and then reached out uh, through our, what we call, uh, shouts. So you can publish a, a shout. Uh, and asked for a vocalist, uh, or, or or if it was the other way around, I'm not 100% sure here, but they found each other and, and uh, she was doing background vocals and vocals on his tune, and it's, it's, it's totally amazing. It's, they're so good, and they never found each other before. Great. And then did they kind of continue working together? Do you know, or is I that... Think, was I think a... they have done at least two songs together, yes, they have. I'll look at their profile pages now. Here, so. Interesting. What are the markets that you're kind of targeting in the next maybe couple of years? I mean, are there certain markets where you think this could be really transformative, um, especially maybe markets where, again, it's harder to find people to collaborate with? Uh, uh, do you mean because they are kind of separated geographically or? Yeah, so I'm kind of thinking of a few use cases. I mean, one is like, you know, countries like South Africa, yeah. where, you know, yeah, there's a lot of cool musicians there, but it's still a fairly small market, and they're also yeah. very isolated geographically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, the other the other markets I'm thinking of are like in the Middle East, where you know, like Saudi Arabia, for example, you can't publicly make music. You can make music in your bedroom, yeah. but you can't perform it in public. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, there's just because of the fear of that, there's not a ton of musicians around. Mm, 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 so, you know, a market like that, again, I could see something like this being mm, mm, not just mm. cool and fun, which it, I think mm. it is, but really transformative. Yeah, 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 definitely. And that's what we see. Uh, and also in the educational market as well, there's a couple of those use cases. So we have, uh, for example, uh, rural schools uh, in the U.S. which uh, have limited ability to make music in the classroom because there's so few people. Uh, and then the kind of the um, 
the teachers have reached out to organizations containing professional composers and set up kind of collaborations between professional composers and school kids where the school kids have uh, made music together with the professional composers and so on. And so, so we have a, a number of those really interesting uh, collaborations going on. Uh, and definitely I can see uh, what you're saying as well. So, so if you like, for example, um, maybe this is a little bit generic thing, but if you like a didgeridoo player, then might not be that many uh, where you're living. But in Australia, maybe there are a lot more people uh, playing that particular instrument. So you can also kind of find kind of new spices to your um, to your mix um, uh, by by reaching out to people in, uh, in other parts of the world. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, and that's I think one of the most interesting things is that again, you can you can do something which has really never been done before, at least not until very recently, which is create music with people anywhere in the world yeah. um yeah and certainly that opens up a whole new world of sort of again if you if you're a didgeridoo player <laughs> not many of you so you can actually collaborate maybe with other yeah, exactly. other experts exactly. or yeah. so do, let's switch over to the education side of things because i think that that's something that really doesn't get talked about in the music startup space as much yeah. you know i see a lot of music startups that are all trying to do music discovery or they're trying to do like reinventing ticketing and mm, that's mm. great like that's awesome those are those are cool things but you know the, the education space while it's maybe not as sort of hip and sexy as other spaces is vitally important and also yeah. really really huge yeah so yeah. you know you mentioned you were in florida for a music education conference um tell me a little bit a about how you guys decided to go into this education space and b what you've done so far yeah so um, the cool thing is that we actually didn't decide. Uh, they started to use Soundtrap. Uh, so it was in the beginning of the year that we saw that we were starting to get a lot of, of reviews from EdTech bloggers. A lot of teachers were starting to reach out on Twitter saying that we really love this. Because there's kind of three main points that I made before about easy to use, uh, multi-platform online collaborative. Uh, those appeal so much to, to modern schools today. Uh, many of them have switched maybe to Chromebook uh, environment uh, where they need to new, use online uh, uh, cloud-based solutions. Uh, they are maybe using bring-your-own devices uh, schemes uh, in the schools so that uh, the students can bring their own devices. So they need solutions that work across platforms. They cannot choose an old-fashioned download the software that only use, uh, works on Mac, for example, because the kids won't have a Mac at home, so they cannot do homeworks at home and so on. So the teacher was starting to reach out to us uh, when we still just had the educational, uh, sorry, the consumer version of Soundtrap. Uh, and then we were actually asked by uh, the American Association of School Librarians, they were not asked, but they, they phoned us up and said, hey, you've been voted as the best website for teaching and learning in 2015. Uh, by American teachers, uh, so, so that was also kind of a, a crazy thing because we we uh, uh, we just started to notice then that it was used so much in, in schools, and uh, and then we also formed a global um, uh, formal uh, partnership with Google in the education area. So we're a Google partner for education, um, and then it picked up from from that. Uh, so so during the year we had uh, almost we have now almost or more than uh, a thousand schools using Soundtrap already. Wow. And what we added, and what we said, so then now, 
we're actually releasing this now next week. Uh, we're releasing the uh, soundtrack for education plan, which is both a kind of heavily discounted plan for schools, but also a COPPA compliant environment so they can collaborate within a school or with selected other schools, but they don't need to be bothered by the rest of the internet. Uh, and, and also an integration with Google Classroom, which is a learning management system. So you can do assignment and you kind of invite students automatically uh, into Soundtrap. That's so interesting. I, why do you think no one else has really gone into this space yet? I mean, this again, the way you're describing it, it seems so obvious. Yeah. Um, I think both related to technology. So we've been very, very uh, innovative when it comes to using uh, the modern web audio and web MIDI uh, and web RTC uh, standards in the HTML5. I'm going a little bit technical here, but um, because that is the, the standardizations that were needed to do this really cross-platform. Uh, before it's been able to do stuff in, for example, Flash and so on, but they have their limitations. Uh, those types of apps and since you know obviously flash is something that is going out now but but with the new standards in html5 uh, there are completely new possibilities of actually making uh, uh, cross-platform software in a completely new way when it comes to music and we saw this very early on actually so we were one of the first ones that were starting to do this so we were also inv- actually invited by Google on Google I.O. already 2014 in San Francisco and did a presentation together with them, 45 minutes, uh, showcasing this. Um, so, so I think the one of the reasons that is that we were we saw this very early on and been able to get a very good uh, head start. Great. So I'd like to talk a little bit more broadly about the music startup landscape because, you know. It's interesting. So I found out about you guys because you were on a list of the top 20 startups to watch yeah. that uh, someone put, that Music Ally put out, which is great. Um, but then I always think, like, I look back through some of these lists from a few years ago, and there was a list of the, you know, 20 startups to watch at Medem 2012. And yeah. I found that list in my email when I was searching for something. And I just for fun, I, I had a little bit extra time. I looked at all these startups and... 80% of them were, were gone. They had either mm, pivoted mm. or they had just gone under. Mm, mm. And, you know, the music startup environment, just like the general startup environment, is very, very tough. Mm. So, you know, one of the things I always ask people who found music startups is, you know, you are obviously a very intelligent person who could be doing a lot of other things. Mm. Why did you decide to do this? Um, I think if you look at the startup world in general, I think there's a lot of startups that you read about in 2012, which isn't anymore uh, in the scene. So I, I think it's not just a, a kind of a music startup thing, it's probably about running startups in general, which is a very hard thing to do. Uh, it's very competitive and so on. Um, and, 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 I, and I think one of our strengths as well is that we have worked, I, I've been working for example 17 years as a business and IT consultant helping startups and other big businesses and, and doing product managing uh, for, for big banks in like 100 plus people projects. So we, we, have, we have done a lot of kind of business stuff before we do this. Uh, and, and also Bjorn, our co-founder, he was the CTO of a big uh, online game um, poker engine uh, that was acquired a couple of years ago. So he's also done uh, a kind of 
a startup journey himself before uh, Soundtrap. So I, I think it goes more into it than just uh, being knowledgeable in music and, and, and to be able to program something uh, that is good. You also need to have an experience in running businesses and especially, specifically running a startup. Uh, so there's so many components in running a startup um, and you need to be good at all of them, uh, otherwise you won't survive. So it's yeah. not just always about the, the idea. And what about the music startup scene in, in Sweden? I mean, everyone sort of knows about Spotify, yeah. and Spotify yeah. seems to like loom yeah. the, the largest, but yeah. is there a little bit more of a startup ecosystem yeah, in definitely. Sweden? Defe yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, Stockholm is, uh, after Silicon Valley, uh, the, the, the city that produces most unicorns per capita in the world. Mm. So, so there's a huge amount of of, uh, of startups in Stockholm, and also very many successful ones. For example, Skype, as you know, uh, you know Minecraft, uh, you know um, Spotify. Obviously, SoundCloud was actually started in Stockholm by Swedish people, but they moved it to Berlin. Um, so, so there's a number of, 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 of huge successes in the startup world in general, and some of them actually just in, in music tech. And why do so, you think that is? Why is, is Stockholm such a hotspot for technology uh, and startups? I think Sweden has always been a very good entrepreneurial country uh, with IKEA and Ericsson and all those kind of big companies and, and um, businesses that many people know about, Volvo and so on. Uh, so I think it's something that goes back uh, more than 100 years. But also lately, uh, there's been a technology side of that there are very many people that are... Um, we have a good school system, so it's it's free for education. You know, you can take a university degree without paying anything in, in, in Stockholm or Sweden. Uh, and there's a lot of engineers uh, that have been working on a lot of good startups already since the last IT boom. Um, and also music-wise, if we go into the music tech area, there's a lot of musicians and a very much of a uh, uh, legacy when it comes to music in, in, in Sweden. For example, ABBA, you know, all of them. Um, so both kind of that combination of music production and startups and entrepreneurial things in general is something that has been going on in Sweden for, for, for ages. Cool. Well, so let's talk about the rest of 2016. Um, you know, we just started the year. What are your big plans and goals for this year? And where would you like to be if I if I called you a year from now and said what what happened in the last year? Uh, yeah, as I said, we are growing heavily. Uh, we are growing both on the consumer side and the educational side. So what we'll see is that we'll continue that growth, hopefully uh, kind of accelerating even more. Uh, I think we are going to see a number of very high-impact, interesting partnerships, um, also both on the consumer side and the educational side, um, uh, reaching out to the market. We are continually, uh, in, uh, continually adding both features and improving the, the, the product we are. We're very much focused on listening to our users, but also trying to be innovative. That's a kind of uh, uh, a hard balance someone sometimes to, to strike, but uh, we are continuously improving um, Soundtrap to include more and better features and, and, and focusing on usability. So you will see even more things to use, a bigger community, even more collaboration going on, uh, and a lot more schools start using this. Great. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. If people want to find you online or uh, Soundtrap online, where can they go? Uh, they can find me on Twitter. Uh, so, or they can find me, they can send me an email, of course, as well, uh, on Soundtrap.com, pair at Soundtrap.com. Okay. And is Soundtrap on social media, or should they just go to the yeah, website? Yeah, so they, could go to, they can go to uh, our Twitter account, so that's uh, just Soundtrap. Uh, or they could send us a, a general email if they like as well on a support email. Great. Well, Per, thanks so much for joining us today. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to follow us on SoundCloud or iTunes. And if you like us, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll bring you more podcasts soon. Thank you very much. <laughs>